Hi, I'm Cinco Paul. And I am Ken Dario. And this is our podcast called Make, Make Him, Him Watch It. it. Oh. Make Him Watch It. Make Him Watch It. There's lots of movies Ken hasn't seen. Some Cinco hasn't seen too. So now that there's COVID-19, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make him watch it for a podcast. We can't wait to make him watch it. With Cinco and Ken. Hey Cinco. Hey Ken. Welcome back to the podcast. You took a little break. I did. I did, I did. The lovely Julie Klausner filled in for you, but now you're back. I am back with a vengeance. No. no <laughs> with a I'm vengeance? Ba- no, no, no. I'm, I'm back to have you're some gonna, fun. You're going to avenge yes. <laughs> the fact that you were left off the last one. That's well, right. Well, I'm glad to have you back because I have a great movie to make you watch. Interesting. Do tell, Cinco. <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. That, it is. I don't know how to take that. I'm just saying, we've, you know, your favorite movies of all time sometimes are not my favorite movies. Well, that's, if they were, then why would we even have this podcast? (sighs) So true. (laughs) All right, what do you got? My movie came out in 1986, and it's called Hannah and Her Sisters, written and directed by Woody Allen. Ah. Just stop it. (laughs) What? No. So that's your reaction. I know Woody Allen. You're not a fan, but I don't think you've really I haven't really seen much uh, Woody Allen. You know. What have you seen? uh, I've seen uh, Scenes from a Mall. (laughs) Okay. He was an actor in that. He didn't write or direct that movie, so that doesn't count. Is that a Woody Allen movie? You've seen Scenes from a Mall and Ants. (laughs) Yeah. Is that I'm your Woody well, Allen? Yeah, he's my favorite. I love Woody. No, I've seen... Uh, I think uh, I made you watch Annie Hall at one I've point. I've seen Annie Hall, which, That's is, probably a to- about which it. is a total ripoff of When Harry Met Sally, but whatever. <laughs> it's You're fun. a ridiculous human being. Okay. <laughs> this came out at a time when I was seeing every movie that was made, right? In the like 86, 87, 85. Yeah, but you Those didn't years, see this. I saw, no, I missed this one. So <laughs> you missed basically the greatest movie of the year well, because okay. you were watching a bunch of other garbage. Anyway, watching I'm so Labyrinth. glad I'm so glad that you now have a chance to okay. watch Hannah and I'm her ready. sisters. I have a great movie for you. I'm so excited. I think okay. you're going to have a blast. I'm going to have a, little, a blast? Yeah. With the 1971 classic. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Escape. From the Planet of the Apes. Escape from the Planet Escape of the Apes. Escape from the Planet of the Apes. The third in the so Ape the tri- in the Ape uh, series, yeah. Yeah, you know, I obviously I've seen the original. Yes. Multiple times. Of course. But you haven't seen this one, have you? I have not. I'm yeah. aware of it. I'm aware of a poster with like two apes and a little baby and they're in spacesuits or something like that. Now you're talking. I'm not going to say anymore. I don't want to say anymore because... There may be things you should just watch and twists enjoy. and it's turns just, and surprises. I'm not going to say there are twists because I hate when people say, "Oh, the twist oh. is great." Because then you go in waiting for the twist, right? And you're trying to figure and out. And you're trying the to twist. figure out, and you figure it out, and then you're bummed. You're like, "Oh yeah, I had figured that out." Never yeah. tell a person this movie has a great twist. Yes, and never say, "Oh, but the ending." No, don't say that. Don't say any of that. 
Yeah. Just go and enjoy the movie. So Cinco, well, I we're want in you agreement to go. on that. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we should end it now. I, I think yeah. this is the first time we've ever agreed. <laughs> so so yeah, so that's it. So I want you to go watch it and we'll talk. So you know, I think I guess all that's left to do is make, make him, him watch, watch it. it. Make him watch it. Make him watch it. We can't wait to make him watch it. All right. Well, I have seen my movie. I have seen my movie. We watched some movies. That's oh, what happened. So typically I talk about the one I saw first. Should we continue that or do you want to start? What do you want to do? I say let's continue that. Let's do it. So, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. How much did you love this movie? <laughs> well, I will tell you, Ken, I have, I have mixed feelings about this movie. Mm. Because in some ways, it is a bad movie. There are definitely yes, There are definitely elements of a bad movie in this <laughs> throughout. I'm not going to argue with you there. I don't think you could. I think you can say that about almost all the movies I present. Yes. Somehow you like that. And I want to get into that and figure Let's that get into out. It. But Let's also, do it. I will say there is a kind of genius to this movie. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's brilliance there, and it didn't totally deliver on it. But just the fact that to me, it's mostly conceptually. Like right. w- the idea for the sequel is brilliant. Yes. I will 100% concede that because in the second movie, you have destroyed Earth. <laughs> so you're watching Planet of the Apes <laughs> series. You say, I've got the box set. Yes. And in movie two, the sorry, I know it's... Spoilers. I think, I think the time has passed. But in movie two, the movie ends with the Earth blowing up. Yes. Gone. It's done. Charlton Heston it's- has pushed the button... And the earth is gone. <laughs> the earth is gone. So you're probably, you're, you're at that point, you're saying, well, I've got three more movies here to watch. How's that going to work? How is that going to work? And I think they were surprised the second movie was much more successful than they thought it was going to be. Which, and, that's a bad movie. Yeah. That's not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. But then this which, one. Which it makes sense. I understand why you never got to the third movie. Yeah, I never did. Because second. Right? You, you just stopped. I was done. I will say I was, I was a huge Planet of the Apes fan as a kid, the TV show. I loved the TV mm. show and the original movie. But anyway, the genius of this is the, the concept of this movie is that before the Earth exploded, three of the apes escaped in the original ship that Taylor had come to the planet, I mean, it's Earth. Yeah, yeah. Had but traveled they, they, through they sh- the, to the future in. Yeah, so right? the idea is that there's a bat that, like, that Taylor and the humans are down under the, in the center of the Earth battling the surviving humanoid beings. But what you didn't see was up on the surface, there were some apes escaping in the ship. Yeah, which we, it, it would have been nice if there had been footage of that. At all, it was all just sort of told in backstory, but you know they have a low budget. Yeah, yeah. it's but anyway, very low budget. But to me, it's a great concept because it flips the idea of the original movie. Because yes. now the planet of the apes, Earth, is all inhabited by humans, and the invaders or the outsiders are three. So apes. it's a great, it's a great opening because you you open with this the, this military something's going on, and a ship has landed off the coast of. 
Southern California, it looks like. And they pull in the ship, and it's like, that's the ship. That's the ship we sent our astronauts off to space in. They're back. However, they're back. And they three astronauts climb out, and then they take off their helmets, and it's apes. Bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. It's such a great moment. I love that moment so much. And the beauty is that I saw this movie... I was a little older. I was like 18, 19 when I first saw these, but I had no I had no awareness of any of the any of it. So when I saw the Planet of the Apes the first time and it's revealed that it's Earth with the Statue of Liberty, I had no idea. Yeah, that was yeah, coming. yeah. And that was such a great feeling. And I, I I was so happy to see that. And so same with this one. I had no concept that when those helmets came off that they were gonna be the apes. It was awesome. Ah, that's cool. That was that was gonna be my first question for you, which is for you, Ken Dario. Like, yes. what is the appeal of these <laughs> movies for you? Like, what do you, what is it you love about? It? I think part of it is has got to be the makeup effects and those sort of that things. That is a part of it. I, when I was younger, I wanted to be Rick Baker. Yeah. So, so seeing like people in makeup, I just loved that. Um, I love the sci-fi aspect of it. I love the twist on the universe and time travel. Time travel is always cool, oh, right? It's always so cool. And I and back in the 70s and 60s, they made movies that ended with a mind blow, right? They yeah. made movies that ended where you were like, what? And they just, they don't do that really. I mean, they do a little bit, but not the way they would in the 60s because they would blow your mind and the scream would go black at the end. That's it. Yeah, like They would just yeah. leave it. It would leave it, leave you hanging there. And I love that. And it still works on me. So I think that's the appeal. It's the science fiction of it. And then it's just the cool, fun makeup and this world they create. And there's and I'm always surprised with how much I enjoy all the social commentary, right? It's just so fun. Yeah, there's there was quite a bit of that in this. And a lot of deep issues, we, we should talk about that, that they delve into with religion and science and morality and, and all those yeah. sort of things. But first, I have to say that the ape costumes for characters like Cornelius and Zira are great. Those are yeah. awesome. But then there's like a gorilla suit. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So you're watching these characters. You, they've made us three movies now of people who are like, kind of evolved apes. Uh-huh. And then there's a scene where they just want to recreate a regular gorilla yeah. on Earth today. And it looks so bad. It's horrible. It looks like a gorilla it, suit that was in the Marx Brothers movie At the Circus in 1939. It, or yeah, or it Trading looks, Places. It looks like the one in Trading Places. And It's like you can see the, the flesh color around the eyes. Like, they don't even black out the... It's just so bad. I'm sure it's not that bad. But it's terrible. Oh, and then later, there's an adult chimpanzee costume, which looks like no adult chimpanzee I've ever seen. The mother of At the Circus... Yes, yes. It's like, what? Had they ever even seen a chimpanzee? Look, it was the It was crazy. 70s, but here's the makeup. It was, but they were doing their best. But here's my question for you, Ken. Yes. What are Cornelius and Zira? What do you mean? What Are there not chimpanzees? Yes, they are. I know what a chimpanzee looks like. These, well, these, these are humans. <laughs> but here's my question is, what are we supposed to believe? Because here's, I know. It's, it, it's a little crazy ahead. to me that, that when they take off their spacesuit masks. Yeah. But it's like, oh, they're upright. They clearly right. have tor human torsos. Yes. They do legs, not look like chimpanzees. Legs. So it's like, and yet everybody's treating them as if they were chimpanzees. 
Like literally well, monkeys. But clearly think, they're humanoids. So there's no sort of reaction like, what are these creatures? I've never seen anything like this before in my life. It's human below the neck. And then it's a chimpanzee <laughs> face. It's like a man's body with a... But I, here's here's what they are. But that's my question is, are we supposed to I, think that they're just yes. seeing chimpanzees? You're supposed to think that they are just seeing chimpanzees. They oh, said, let's really? make... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. They're chimp. Yes. That if you watch the first movie, it's very clear. Like there are chimpanzees, there are gorillas, orangutans, there are orangutans. Yeah. Right. So, but I think that they are. That's the best they could do. Right. right. That's the best they can make someone in makeup look like one of those animals. So, I think you just have to go with it. So, so they look like the what the remakes looked like. Right. The Correct. reboots the, the or remakes, whatever. Yeah. The reboots did it with the best technology we have now. And that's the same thing that they were doing then. They did, they made the best human chimpanzee costume they could. Okay. I just wanted to be clear that what we're supposed to think is that, that three chimpanzees, like what we know to be chimpanzees came out and the chimpanzees can talk and stuff. And that's crazy. But when you first see them, you're not, (laughs) your mind isn't blown because this is a creature you've never seen before. No, no, they're not like a new breed of human apes. Because that's they're what not. they look like. I, I know, I know, but you just have to go with it. And I think it, as you watch the original again, and you watch, the, you watch, and the way they talk about it, about what these things are, they just treat them as chimpanzees. Okay, I want to clear so down you, that. So, so there's a suspension of disbelief that they're yes. asking us to participate in, and so I will give them the benefit of the doubt, and it's I will the best suspend they could do. my disbelief and. Th- just like every musical ever made asks you to believe that when they go outside and sing their song at night, that you're supposed to pretend that they're really outside when we know they're in a soundstage, right? Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't look like that ever outside. No, right? it doesn't. Yeah. And the, and the painted backgrounds, it's the best right. they could do. I just was a little <laughs> unclear if, because yes. it's sci-fi, because, oh, so maybe it is like evolved Apes and that I have think, evolved physically in some way, but and I think they have. I think they they have a little bit, right? I think they're playing that they have a little, but they they. I think the idea is that they're just chimpanzees. Yeah. So to me, the first half of the movie was more successful because it was much more fun. There was a lot of social commentary. There's mm-hmm. kind of this, you know, they're embraced by society. There's the pretty woman yes. montage. They get, <laughs> they get dressed up in these 70s fashions and they're... They're the buzz of the they're town, the buzz right? of the town. It's Hollywood. <laughs> Everybody's celebrating them. They're, you know, in the fancy hotel and all that I loved. And I will tell you, Cornelius and Zira, Roddy McDowell and Kim Hunter play them. They're just really likable. They're so good. She is so likable. She's likable. She? She's smart. She's funny. They're a, they're a great couple together. To me, the, and that was a, a smart decision to make them the heart of this movie, right? Yeah. And that's why it really yeah. works, because you care about them. You love them. I've always loved Roddy McDowell somehow since yeah. I was a kid. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're a weird kid. Weird kid. Well, he was in Camelot, the musical, okay. as Mordred. Sure. <laughs> Again... Weird kid. <laughs> um, but that part of it really worked for me. And I and yeah. I love them. And then, you know, you're 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 poking fun at the government and, and scientists and and religion. Right. You know, you've got this they're brought before this board, 
you know, this here, there's this hearing of all the different leaders. You've got a priest on the boards and a scientist yeah. and, and the, the senator what do we or make whatever. Of this? Yeah. And they're trying to all figure out what, what is this? And, and, you know, they're saying they're married and the priest is like, what? <laughs> Apes can't be married. So there's a lot of social commentary there about disenfranchised people and how, or, you know, about race, I think. It's it's not as pointed as I thought it might be, yeah. but it's there. It's laid in there. No, it's there. And I also really like sort of the racism, the the fact that all the humans will still kind of make monkey jokes around right. them. Don't use the, and the word monkey is very yeah. offensive. That's the N-word. <laughs> yes. yes. If you're a chimpanzee and someone calls you a monkey, them's yeah. fighting words. Because he actually yeah. inadvertently, but kills a guy. Because he says, like, your monkey baby or something. He's like, to me, it looked like he smashed the guy's tray, but then the guy ends up dead with, like, blood pouring onto the (laughs) the floor. He really smashed the tray. Look, we all know about chimpanzee strength. Yeah, they can go, they eat people's faces off. (laughs) That's right. I was really hoping that scene would be in the movie, right? Because there is the scene when, when, right, it's like you've got these apes and they're welcomed into society and then things take a turn, right? Yes. Things take a turn and, and of course, man is just so bad and and goes against and and everything twists and now it's like we have to destroy these apes they're going to destroy our world and our belief system and they're going to bring forth the end of time because also it 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 gets out that they they, you know they say where did you come from they say we came from earth right and we escaped before we escaped right before it blew up and that and so they the humans assume okay the apes are the cause of this, right? Yeah. Well, also, Zira inadvertently reveals that she used to dissect humans that were alive yes. <laughs> and perform experiments on them. And and that, you know, humans so get humans, touchy about that. So the humans go from, wow, this is amazing, to this is trouble. Right. They see their future. There, there's a future where apes are dissecting humans. The world gets blown up. It's like, we got to end this now. And the villain is a scientist, Dr. Hessline or whatever. He's played by Eric Braden, who I kept on, I said, I've seen this guy before. And I think he was on the soap opera Young and the Restless for like 30 or 40 years. Yes, I think so. And there was a time when Amy and I for some reason, watched that soap opera. I mean, it was because, I know, So me watching the soap opera, (laughs) that was early days of marriage. I was so in love. I would, whatever she was watching, I would watch. Yeah, like in the middle of the day, you guys would just curl up and watch the soap because you weren't taping it. Yeah, no, no, no. We would watch The Young and the Restless. So anyway, I thought, oh, this is is Victor (laughs) from Young and the Restless. But anyway, it was interesting to me that, that the politicians weren't necessarily the villains in this. The the president is uh, sort of a kind-hearted, thoughtful person. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it wasn't qu- they didn't quite go for it the way I think they really did in the first movie. Yeah. In the first movie, the, the, the government, right, the, chip, the orangutans were just so corrupt and backwards yeah. and, and trying to quash forward thinking, and, and they didn't really go for it quite as hard with this one. But Yeah, but, there's a great discussion... But, at one point, between the president of the United States, and at some point, we should discuss when you when you have a president of a country, and it's set during, <laughs> like you know, right. like a movie comes out. Nixon be the president, <laughs> right. but but Independence Day did this, or was Independence Day set in the future? I can't remember. It, may, it feels like it could have been the future, right? Because obviously, yeah, this was well, actually set in the future because. 
The movie came out in 71, but it's set during 73, so it's like this guy beat Nixon. Will be the president. Yeah, right. he beat Nixon, <laughs> yeah. and, and so he's the president. But anyway- Yes, yeah, so that's always a weird moment when it's like, you're watching something, everything is contemporary, everything is up to date, yeah. the news is the same news exactly. that's in our world, and then here comes the president. That's not even close. Like It's, a, it's yeah. a, not like any president we've ever had. It's just some version of a president. Yeah. But if, but especially when it's satire, like in, in Strangelove, Dr. Strangelove. Right, right. It didn't bump me at all because I realized we're kind of in this alternate satiric right. world, which, which Escape from Planet of the Apes kind of is that. You know, there's I elements mean, of that. It's been a lot of time travel. Who knows what got messed up? <laughs> Who knows movies. what got messed up? Right. But there's a great scene between Dr. Hessline, the villain scientist, uh-huh. and the president where they're talking about what to do. Because the scientist is saying, these guys, these apes are going to ultimately destroy our world, you know, 2,000 years from now. Right. And, and he says, like, we have to kill them, you know, or c- kill this baby. Somehow this baby is going to... Yes, they, they... I think what the concern was, was that a baby born on Earth... Yes. ...was going to go w- with the ability to speak, potentially, right? Because he's born from apes that speak, that was going to be the one who would lead the revolution. Like lead the start, uprising. Start the, be- start the beginning of the end, right? Yeah. And, and then the president is like, what? Because Zira is pregnant. Did we mention yes, that? Yes, Zira, Zira is pregnant. Sorry. We didn't mention that. And so that's their big fear that like, they find out she's pregnant. It's like this baby born on earth maybe is the one that leads the uprising against the humans and leads to the destruction of the world. So we have to kill this baby. Right. And probably never a kill fun, them. Never a fun thing to say. No. And then but, the president's like, mm, he's a little squeamish about that. And right, so then he right. raises the, pre- the question, like, if you can go back in time to kill baby Hitler, would you do it? Should you do it? Do you approve of assassination? Well, Mr. President, we condone the attempted assassination of Hitler because he was evil. Yes, but would we have approved killing him in babyhood when he was still innocent, or killing his mother when he was still in her womb, or slaughtering his remote ancestors? And that's my question for you, Ken. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Would I go back in time to kill baby Hitler? Yeah. Does he have to be a baby? Ah, he's three. Oh, that's worse. There should be a cool movie where... Someone sent back with a mission. You're gonna, we're gonna send you back in time to kill Hitler. To kill Hitler, and it's and, and in, in 1940 or something, right? And then, but something goes off, and it sends him back to you know 1900, right? And Hitler's right. a baby, but he still has the same mission. Oh, I thought you were gonna say he has the same mustache <laughs> as a baby, possibly, yeah. and that would make it easier. It would. That'd make it, really it easier would. to kill him. So, but that, but, but they no, raise well, interesting moral questions, right? Yeah. In order to save tens of thousands of people, would you kill a baby? No, I don't think I'd kill a baby. You couldn't kill a baby. No, especially after watching this movie, because spoiler alert, they they kill a baby. <laughs> they do. <laughs> it's in a burlap bag, which helps, you know. Uh, for, yeah, but they shoot it <sighs> multiple several times, times yeah. violently. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And then you see the baby's little body floating in the water. Yeah, you do. It's very dark. It's awful. Yeah. But guess what? But guess it what? It wasn't that baby. We can... It, they, yeah. They switched babies. They did. They just killed a regular chimpanzee. Yeah. Those are a dime a dozen. But we don't know that at the time. No, but we figured it out. But by the end, we Yeah. Did. But then there's stuff in this movie that was so stupid and so bad... 
You know, first of all, their decision not to talk early on makes no sense. There's also weird lines like, wait, did you notice? They're all like, where are we? They said, did you notice the time, you know, <laughs> clock or whatever on the ship was on the going ship? backwards? And they're like, oh, yeah, now that you mention it, I did notice that. That's <laughs> That would be one of the things you would most, if you noticed that at all. You would say, hey, everybody, look at the time clock. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a crazy moment later on. Well, this is this is actually great, though, because the third act of this movie is the apes escaping, right, for their lives. Right. And they and she's pregnant and has a baby. And it's like they got to get out of there. Everybody's after them. There. Yeah. So people want to kill these apes. So, so they're a, hiding out. It's a great yeah. story progression, right? And I yeah. and I feel like directorially the the chase and all that didn't really work, wasn't done. There was a lot of lag time, a lot of downtime. Yeah. It wasn't as intense as it could have been. It felt a lot like a 70s TV cop show, yeah, didn't it? it did. Yeah. It sort of degenerated into that, whereas it's a great concept. Like, the government's after you. You have a pregnant wife. You've got to somehow stay alive. So... Yeah. But... And I think the, I think the budgetary limitations really showed... In the second half, yeah, because the chase was not big at all. No, it was very small and it could have and... been so great, and they're just hiding out on this ship. But it's a great the the kind scientist, the good scientist who's yes. taking care of them as as he's helping them escape. Says, "I know at some point you may want to kill yourselves, so here's a gun." <laughs> what? What sort of scientist is this? He's you know he's providing. Options. And he just has All a gun. The outcomes. Sure, science gun. If they find us, we shall be killed. Ultimately. I shouldn't do this, but I guessed you might ask. You know, it just becomes yeah, silly, I, and then that Cornelius is able to use that because there's a lot of death at the end. Yeah, there, like everybody a lot of death. dies, which typically is a thing that you don't like. Yeah, it was. It was very shocking. I mean, all your stars die. Everybody dies. Right? Everybody dies except for the baby. Yeah, but then the baby, and then that last clip of the oh, baby. I, that okay. So, so you're watching the movie. <laughs> However much you can suspend your disbelief is great. <laughs> but then something happens at the very end. So it's this really powerful moment. They kill the father. They kill the mother. They kill the, the baby. baby. It's all over. Kill, it's over, and it's so violent. They shoot the. The apes and they fall tumbling down through scaffolding and you see bones breaking and there's dead bodies on the ground. It's awful. But then you go back to the circus and something happens with the baby. The baby says, mama, mama, mama. which is great. All you need is one mama. That's all you need. And then it's like, oh, that's the baby. And it's going to go on. And it's a, however. <laughs> Speaking they, of going on. <laughs> they used, they had a real chimpanzee for this part. Yeah. Right. That's a real baby chimp, which yeah. is great. And so what happened was when they're making this movie, they got the shot so that the lips went ma. Yeah. Right. The lips opened up. And they thought, well, how are we going to get this baby to look like it's saying mama? So what they did was they rolled the film back and forth and back and forth to make the mouth open and close. It's so ridiculous. I don't know how I don't know how savvy film goers were in 1971. Right. But 
Today, when they roll film <laughs> forward and backward, and we see those subtle weird movements just repeat over and over, it is laughable. Oh, it is so stupid. And it's unfortunate because the ending is cool. It was great. It was great. And then they do that stupid thing oh. at the end. And you can't, no matter how much you're feeling it, you can't not giggle when that happens. Yeah. It's, it it's was ridiculous. So silly. Well, I'm glad you watched it. I did watch it. I'm really glad I watched it. And it was fun. I it was interesting. A- it made me think. Yeah. That's all we want from films. That's all it? we want. So, Ken, you saw Hannah and her sisters. I saw a little movie called Hannah and her sisters. What'd you think of by, this? By the fine Mr. Woody Allen. Yes. Uh, I got to tell you, it was fine. What? Ken! <laughs> It, it's it was not, fine? It, it was fine. And yes, there were many triggers what? in this movie, Cinco. You know, you know there were things that were going to trigger me. Well, there's infidelity, yes. So it starts off, and the very first thing that happens is Michael Caine is there, and he's in love with his wife's sister. So automatically, ew, right? It's just like, okay, yes. ew. Yes, but, it's I, a but I gave you a warning. I warned you, you that that was it. Also, it's very difficult because everything yucky that I see in the movie, I, I imagine Woody Allen has created this, and Woody Allen is now in the real world a little yucky. Yes. And, and it's hard. It's hard for me to separate. So before we get into this, I have a question for you. Okay. Can you completely separate the person you're seeing on screen and what they've done in the real world with the movie they're in and the character they're playing. Yeah, that's really tough. And this movie is really tough for me in that area because it's clearly based on Mia Farrow and her actual sisters. Right. And also Soon Yi is in the movie a little bit in a cameo. Uh, you probably didn't see that, I but didn't pick up on that. the kids are, you know, Mia's kids oh. are all used as extras throughout. Right, you know, these, right. The movie centers around basically three big Thanksgiving scenes and then all the things that happen in between. And so there's family everywhere and they use the kids as extras. So there is there's a lot of yuck surrounding that sort of stuff. Right now. Now, first, I will say when I saw this movie in 1986, of course, you didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this. So it was delightful. Yeah, I can still, I have to say, I love this movie so much. I think it is great. I think it is rich. It's complex. It's, it's almost like a novel in, in the way that it, that it it's delves lo- into it, this family it's and their lives. It's a novel in the way that it goes on forever and nothing really happens. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? It's, a, it's about family. It's about art. It's about love. It's about death. And it has an uncharacteristic for Woody Allen, like really happy sort of positive... The ending? Ending that's right. inspiring and really touching and really works for me. And you know, I'm a, I'm a happy ending right, right. guy, but I think it also earns that ending. Although later he kind of disavowed it, thought it was a, a cop-out. But right. that's why I thought this, of all his movies, might be the one to work on you because uh, it, 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 it's, it's life-affirming and... Yeah. And ends up with this I, positive space, and it's like everyone has found love, and Michael Caine, the whole time Michael Caine knows he's doing the wrong thing. He's just weak. And at the end, yeah, he's realized, he's very like, weak. what I've done, I've done a horrible thing. No, 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 no. I no, got no. through he it. He doesn't you know? realize that. 
He does not realize that. At the end, he no, says that. No, he doesn't. Everything that happened between us seems more and more hazy. I acted like such a fool. I don't know what came over me. What did I put us both through? And Hannah, who, as you once said, I love much more than I realized. So Michael Caine, he is in love with her. He's obsessed with her. He goes to visit her. He brings her a record at one point, and they're listening to a record. And this is a great scene. This, to me, was the only time that I actually laughed at, at this movie. Because it wasn't that funny. Because I think that the... No, it's a comedy drama. There's yeah. moments of... To me, stuff that's hilarious, but it's no, it's, pretty, it's a serious yeah, movie. So yeah, so it wasn't that funny. The one funny scene for me was, so he, Michael Caine is there visiting her, bringing her a record. He brings her a record, and her husband goes off with some guy who's going to look Daniel at art. Stern, Daniel Stern, who's going to buy his, some right. of his art. And so the husband's gone, and they're just alone in the room, and they're listening to this record. And it's this slow kind of music. And in his head, we hear him saying... What, you know, that he's in love with Play her. Play it cool. Play it cool. Yeah. Don't say anything. I, I, you know what? This isn't, this isn't going to happen anyway. I'm happily married. I'll never say anything. And as he's saying this, you're kind of panning around the room. And then by yeah. the time it gets back to him, he just jumps and kisses her, right? <laughs> he just jumps and kisses her. And it's really her, funny. Yeah. And they, they nudge the record player. And just yeah. at that moment, the music skips and becomes super dramatic. And it, <laughs> yes, it's, it's like becomes the scratch. score. So it was great. I thought that was really smart and really funny. And that was about it for me. Like that, that, that was the best Come part of the on. movie. It was. Oh. So we also get to meet Barbara Hershey's the person she's in a relationship with, which is going to be problematic because Michael Caine's married and right. Barbara Hershey's in a relationship with Max von Sydow. Yes. Ew! He's a million. It's Max <laughs> von Sydow. No, he's, yeah, his character Frederick is this artist and he's, let's look, Barbara Hershey's character has issues. She has yes, daddy she issues, does. right? Yes. She has father issues, which has led her to like, She's attracted to, she ends up with a teacher. Yes, her, she does. A professor at the end. So she's clearly got older men issues, yes. right? And she's with this guy. And yes, it's gross. And that's the wrong relationship. <laughs> yes. She's in the bad relationship. But it's to me, it's it's really interesting. And it just, people are complicated. And it's and he's he took her under his wing. And, and I, I think see, he's and so I great. See, and I see Woody Allen and Sun Yi, right? Oh, right. That's what I see. And it's yucky because he explores that theme a lot. It's, it's, yeah. th there's a lot of that going on and a lot of, well, there is, and it's, yeah. so that's really hard for me to enjoy these complicated characters because ultimately they're just yucky and it's gross. Yeah. And, and maybe it's wrong of me because I, with this movie, I just have to compartmentalize everything. Right. And I just set all that aside and just treat it as a work of art. And for me, as that, it's a masterpiece. I, I really think. Well, and I know, it's, but it's also not your type of it movie. It is so not my kind of movie. Let's talk about the things that are not my. It's a New York movie. You love New York movies. I, yeah, I'm, I have to say that th this is the movie that led me to get my apartment on the Upper West is. Side. You mean the movie where the Marx Brothers saved Woody Allen's life, but when he was going to kill himself? <laughs> And the, yes. he found the Marx Brothers, and they made him see that life is good and worth living. Gee, it was weird that you enjoyed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, it was like Woody Allen made this movie for me. Yes, ah, oh, it is so. This is such a Cinco movie. It's all New York Upper West Side. It's yes. all the parties and the gatherings are in those apartments. It's just so New York. And sitting at the piano and, and playing piano and yes. all the, the classic songs, right? It's the Great American Songbook is the soundtrack for this movie. Although they really played movie. the one song over and over. There's the one song that they play throughout. Yeah. It's uh, You Are Too Beautiful? or No, it's... Uh, Bewitched, be- yes, Bewitched, Bothered yes, and Bewildered. Yes, That yeah. song, I think they play... 20 times in the movie? <laughs> I don't think so. I bet they play it at least five. Possibly, but it's a wide variety sure. of the Great American Song. Maybe it all sounded like No, no, no. People I think, I think that's just sort of the too. theme. Just, yeah. like, just like It Had to Be yeah. You was the theme for When Harry Met Sally, right? Like it always right. kind of goes yeah. back to that. Um, yeah. So. Yes, so much about this. And, so and Cinco. Uh, it was just so Cinco. Now, the, the other thing is, so you got the, the sisters parts of the movies. Yes. And then you have the Woody Allen part of the movie. Yes. And I can't do it. I can't separate. I can't so do it. So you couldn't enjoy watching him. Yeah, I couldn't enjoy it. You know, he plays the thing where he's the hypochondriac. He thinks he's dying all the time. But then we see the side of him that goes out on a couple dates or goes out on a dates with Diane Weiss and... Uh, you didn't like that? No. I love that. To me, that scene in the record shop the scene is of- so great. And it's all done in one take. Another thing that I love about this movie is all the, the things done in one take mm. and just letting the actors yeah, act. Yeah. You know, there's so much of that. There's a great scene also with the three sisters having lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the camera's just circling around them and they're just talking. Acting. Yeah. But anyway, so you didn't find the... I like the record scene, but he's in it. So I have, it's, it just repels me, right? I can't enjoy yeah. it. But I will say, and, and this may be the last time we should address this because <laughs> it's hard not to get bogged down in the Woody Allen of yeah. it all. And like, and the, and the very bad choices he has made in his life or the stuff that just creeps you out. And look, he and Sunni seem to be happy, but that's just creepy and it's, and it's bad. And then also, you know, there are allegations of other things uh, of molestation. There's a child molestation joke in this, which, which I remember I was watching this with Amy and Amy was like, Oh, yes. It's yucky. And so it is is yucky. And him talking about, I got the rifle to blow my brains out. And then he says, well, and the only reason I didn't kill myself was because I would have to, my mother wouldn't, what would I say to my mother? So then I realized I'd have to kill her too. And there's some aunts and uncles. It'd be a bloodbath. That was super funny though. You didn't think that was funny? all right. It's just a little dark. But I have to, I... I, anything I he said, anything he said was tainted. I was. It's like watching the Cosby Show. Can you watch the Cosby Show? No, I can't watch. You the can't Cosby watch show. it because and I guess if I guess yeah, I guess if Roman Polanski were on screen, he is on screen in Chinatown though mm-hmm. a little bit. But it's like for me, but I he, can watch. But, I can watch Rosemary's Baby, right? And think it's a masterpiece and totally enjoy that movie and it's divorced from what but, Roman Polanski but, did. But Roman Polanski isn't on state on camera trying to be lovable and delightful and right? Right. Which is what I guess he, it is different. He's on there yeah. and you're supposed to love this lovable little nebbish guy, but you can't because you're like thinking about all the other things. It's it's watching the Cosby show. You can't sit there and laugh at what a fun dad he is knowing what we know. Yeah, and I think the difference is, uh, clearly, I discovered Woody Allen when I was about 
12 or 13 or something, right? Right. And so I knew him. He was one of my heroes. Right. It was the Marx Brothers, and then well, it was Woody Allen, I discovered you know? Bill Cosby when I was a kid. Right. So... When yeah, they do bad but, things, you have to let them go, Cinco. You have ah, to let them but go. The, but the art is so no, good. No, I agree. It is hard because I do... There are times when you can separate that, that the art and the, and the person, but... You know, for me, having not grown up loving this guy and seeing him on the on the screen, tr- you know, and he's supposed to be this lovable character. I can't I can't get my head around. it. You can't, can't do, do it. it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I tried. You did try. I thought, look, I thought that this would be. It's obviously a very, very well made movie. It's very smart. The, this what they what he's doing is great. It is. It's you know, it's not my kind of not. It is your kind of movie. It's kind of a little too highbrow in a lot of ways. It's very highbrow. It's very, you know... My favorite part was when, in one, like, sentence, Woody references Socrates, Cole Porter, and the Nuremberg trials. It's like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's... that's not my kind of thing. <laughs> That's not your thing. I love, I mean, I'm going to share a couple of my favorite lines from this movie because they're, they're so good. There's a great line when he's with his parents and he's like, why were there Nazis? Oh, that's the best and line. That's the best like, line. How the hell do I know why there were Nazis? I don't know how the can opener works. That that's a great, great line. line. And then my favorite line in the whole movie is from Max von Sydow as, as Frederick. And he says, uh, if Jesus came back, and so what's going on in his name? It never stopped throwing up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's such a it's so funny. It's a funny image and it's so pointed. And anyway, yeah. it's just there's there's so much to love about this movie. I think if if you can divorce it, and maybe you can't, and maybe I'm I, wrong for being able to do that in some way. <laughs> no, I'm I'm willing to admit it. And it's funny that we should actually like Julie Klausner should also be a part of this conversation because we've discussed this too. Like the divorcing it's, it's, of yeah, it's very complicated because we we both really love Woody Allen, but right. he's he's just it's hard. It's hard. It's 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 hard. So I still enjoy this movie. And, it, and then at the end when he comes and. And says, you know, and and this and this happened, and we ended up together. And and how do you top that? Right. And then she says, "I'm, I'm pregnant. pregnant." Yes. And he couldn't and have then, a baby before. And it's just like, oh, I just yeah. No, that was very I nice. I love it. It was very I nice. I love it. And I, I think that there were a couple things that were just not working for me. One was the Woody of it all. That was just really yeah. really hard for me to get. And two, it's just the kind of movie that is not my kind of movie. Just that style, that highbrow looking down yeah. on everything. It's just I'm more of a regular guy. I'm a regular yeah. guy. I don't think I'm better than anybody, like anyone who likes this movie. Well, but I don't <laughs> think people who like this movie think they're better than Oh, yeah, there we people. go. And that's it for this week. <laughs> um, um, so you're, uh, you're saying well, they are I'm better. Sorry. That's good. Oh, no, no. I was saying... <laughs> oh, oh, you think the yeah. way I... My inflexion... Right, your inflection was... I don't inflection think they, think they better. think they're better. Mm, they are better. Saying that. Okay. <laughs> no, I was not implying that. To any degree. Read between the lines, people. Well, I'm sorry. I <laughs> no, it was I feel good. horrible it's... that Woody Allen did what he did because it really messed... <laughs> it messed up a lot. See, he ruined it for everyone. enjoying these movies. I should have known that that's what this conversation would end up being about. I thought, oh, maybe we will have, we'll have a brief couple minutes about the Woody <laughs> Allen of it all and then can just talk about it. But, but you can't. You can't. And, that's, and that's reality. And so, so I think we'll, there we go. I think we can call this the lukewarm 
episode of we we both kind of <laughs> liked it. It was fine. Everything you know, there were things to enjoy in our movies. Yes, but, but were they totally successful for either of us? No, no. But I think oh. I think you liked my movie more than I liked your movie this week. Probably, yeah. Yeah, unless I, I can look into the director and writer and see who they were in real life. <laughs> and then and then maybe I'll well, come back and I'll, let, I'll, I'll give my judgment on the, the movie other based thing. on that. You know, I have relatives who will not watch movies with certain actors because of things they've their said, politics. their politics. Yeah. And it's like, I get crazy. It's like, just let that all go. Just watch the movie for the movie. Don't. It doesn't matter what that actor says or believes in yeah. their real life. And now here I am doing the there same thing. There you go. Things. Well, I think we've learned a lot. I've enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I have too. <laughs> um, if you're a Woody Allen fan and you haven't seen this movie, you'll love it, right? If you're a Woody Allen fan, you have seen this movie, Ken. It, I'm going to recommend it. If, if, if there are people out there who aren't super squeamish about Woody Allen... I would recommend seeing this movie because it is a masterpiece. I love it. It's great. But if it's impossible for you to divorce the artist from the art, and I get that, then you probably shouldn't see it because you'll have the experience Ken did. Why all of a sudden is the sketch dirty? Child molestation is a touchy subject for the affiliates. We, the papers, half the country's doing yes, it. Yes, but you name names. My mom was very into needlepoint in the 70s. I know where and this so is going. I made a needlepoint cube yes. of my heroes on it. Yes, you did. And it's Groucho, Harpo, Chico, Woody Allen, Monty Python, and the Beatles. Yes. Those are the six sides of the cube. I made this myself. I still have this. I've seen the cube. You've seen the cube. But it's crazy to me that the only real overlap for you and yeah. me is the Beatles. Because Monty Python, Woody Allen, the Marx Brothers just... no. They don't do Did it for me. They don't do it for you. No. Yeah. And that's I think too bad. maybe that's why we make such a great team. There are a couple of yeah. things that keep us together, but then we have a wide variety of things that only one of us enjoys. That's right. Two stones <laughs> bumping up against each other to create sparks. That's what we do. <laughs> well, Cinco, this was fun. This was another great episode uh, no, no, oh, wait. Wait. You Sterling. can't say it like that. And it sounded very sarcastic. Like, well, this was a great episode. <laughs> um, thank everybody for listening. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Make him watch it. I'm on Twitter at Syncopedia. I'm at KDario. I never tweet, but drop me a line. <laughs> you don't. I know. I should start. I'll you start. You should. It'll be fun. I'll do it today. Thanks, everybody, Thanks for, listening, for listening. And we'll talk to you again Next episode of Make Him Watch It! Make him watch it! Make him watch it! We can't wait to make him watch it! I'm recording. All right. That was nice. No, it wasn't.